I, I actually, I don't like it. I'd shave it tomorrow. I'm going to a country concert. And the big thing there is like to dress like outrageously. I've never grown out facial hair, like mustache, whatever before. So I'm like, if there's ever a time where I want to like see myself with a mustache. Now's the time to do it. Like I have a good excuse to. So I'm going to do it. But I think I'm going to shave it immediately after that country concert. So I feel like the, the mustache would be good. It's just the. You don't like part. the goatee? No, I hate that part, actually. Really? Um, yeah. If there was if there was one thing that I hate. It's a goatee. It's so horrid. What are you it's drinking? Fun. It's a brew dog. A local beer. It is. Yeah. Brewed in Ohio, baby. I'm in Ohio, by the way. Oh, you right. are? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're an hour behind. This is probably so nice for you. I'm so used to having conversations with people who don't know people from Miami. So it's, I don't know, it's different. We're not in the little bubble anymore. It's crazy. It is really crazy. I think what's like the craziest part of it is is like, I kind of forget what it's like living in our bubble. You knew everyone, like you could walk into somewhere and like, you just knew everyone. And now it's just like, you walk into anywhere and you're like, okay, well, mm, I don't even barely know the person I'm standing next to that I came here with. It it, Seriously. It's like you're, you're putting at least getting into industry, you know, like starting off your job. It's like you're a freshman again. Yeah. It's like, I just got through four years to the point where like, I don't need to be a freshman anymore, but mm-hmm. no, I'm a freaking freshman again. And I have to like, act like it, like join all these clubs, you know, like Dude, I've been stuff. meeting people in the weirdest ways. I was at the dentist and I was talking to her about small talk and mm-hmm. she was like, Oh, you're from Georgia based on your records. And I was like, yeah, I lived there for a while, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, Oh, how have you been making friends? And I was like, Oh, through kickball, blah, blah, blah. And ultimately she invites me to join her volleyball league. And so I joined my dental hygienist volleyball league. <laughs> and then I'm like talking to the people on the team after the game. And one of them is a recruiter in the biotech industry for engineers. And I was like, is this real life? The connections that you make are so weird and random. Yeah. Well, and and you're, you're really good at that kind of stuff. Like you're like from the get go, you can tell like you're fun and you're kind of like an extrovert type of person. So like conversations for you, especially making those quick connections are super easy. I would argue that I'm not as good with that or not as good as you. You're a freaking pro with that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, like, so it's just about like using whatever you're best at to your advantage. Right. So like, yeah. if that's, that's the way that you connect, like absolutely a hundred percent keep doing that because it will work out. If like, if it doesn't work out this time, it will work out. Everyone. I would like to welcome McLean Brown, my third favorite Texan after Okay, I'm going to actually redo the list because I'm going to say Matthew McConaughey is first and then my cousin and then you. Okay, that's that's still a good order. And honestly, you have to respect, like, how does it feel to be breathing the same air as Matthew McConaughey? I'm not going to lie. So the air is a little hot down there. So for starters, uh, I'm getting down there during the worst time of year. But honestly, if that's the worst time of year for Texas, like I can totally take it. Um, but I've not seen Matthew McConaughey yet or really anybody famous, but we did go see Joe Rogan. He's a big uh, Austin, Texas guy, apparently. Apparently he lives like houses away from McConaughey or he has a house away, a couple houses down from McConaughey. Me and my love for Matthew McConaughey welcome you to AA. Um, <laughs> very excited to have you on. And I brought you on because I modeled my entire like professionalism after you really, which is like high honor 
if you ask me, because I get praise on my LinkedIn all the time. People are like, oh, wow, you did such a great job. I'm like, actually, you can thank McLean Brown and Associates. <laughs> um, explain like your setup for your LinkedIn, because it's not just your standard, like everything's intentional. Yeah, I can. I'm pulling it up right now just so I have something to like reference and go off of. And so originally it was, I did have a little bit more professional of a photo. Now I've got like a cityscape in my background. It's a little bit more bold. Um, but I feel like working in tech, I'm working with all these like founders and CTOs at um, startups. So like market disruptors. And that's like what I see a lot of times on their account. So I just recently changed that over. And then Amazon says that we have to have like an Amazon background. So that's what I have in my background. Um, but when you were in college, it was like your headshot that they took. I don't know if you got it done by student services or if that was your fraternity headshot. Um, and then like the Miami background, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was the college of engineering and computing at Miami. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, it was some, I don't, I don't think it was on campus. I think it was through a student org that I was a part of that took the headshot, but yeah, like professional. Mm -mm -mm. And then (laughs) for your bio, like I literally think I copy and pasted your bio and just put whatever I was going to put for mine, like what was applicable to me. (laughs) Yeah. um, I would highly recommend. So like include in your bio, like your next steps and kind of like your passions. Uh, That's what I would, would go with. And um, it, like that's probably what took me some of the longest, like that might be like the single item that took me the longest, like work out and iterate on, you know, the different words that I use and everything. And then just make sure you have like people look it over. So like spelling errors, uh, make sure everything makes, it makes sense. And don't use words that are like totally out there. Like if the source, everything don't, don't do that. Make, make sure it makes sense. And like, people can understand it. That's my, that's my recommendation there for the bio. Honestly, the bio is hard. And I think I'm really good at writing Instagram captions. So it's like what I pride myself on. And so I'm really good at wordplay. I'm really good at being concise. And I'm really good at saying things that I want to say. But for whatever reason, my bio just gave me so much anxiety. I was like, I literally have no idea what I accomplished. I have no idea what I want to accomplish. And I'm just out here. From like the entire LinkedIn perspective, it's a lot like (laughs) I almost attribute it to like politics, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like BS that nobody truly cares about. Right. But you still have to come off like professional and likable and everything in that regard. So that's, (laughs) that's, I mean, if you looked at my, my LinkedIn, it's like, oh my God, this guy's going to like run for office or some shit like that. Honestly, no, it's so true. Cause then even when you scroll down to the bottom of your page, you have your experience, but like, this is something that you did that I copied. Obviously it was like, you linked everything to an external source. So it was like you were referencing your own stuff, but when you, it's just like the extra effort, like the extra mile that you were willing to go. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it might be, it might be tech a little bit uh, focused, but like I get people sliding in my LinkedIn DMS all the time, like offering me different positions and roles. And I really don't give them a whole lot of like time of day. I'm happy where I'm at right now. So I'm not like looking externally. But yeah, and I think it kind of goes back to to that. So like just being able to show that you're willing and able to go the extra step. So if it's like even on something as stupid as your LinkedIn, right, you're going to be able to translate that over into your job. And that's what I think a lot of recruiters are looking for. That's very true. And then at the bottom of your page, you do you have any like endorsements? 
so the recommendation I was given there, basically it was like, Hey, like you're in college right now is like geared towards like kids in college. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're in college right now, sit down in a class, have all your buddies, like endorse you. Like there's nothing against it. So endorse, like, I think my highest ones are like leadership, project management, communication, whatever. And, um, and then there's like, do, do it for your buddies too, because it does nothing but, but help in the long run. So yeah, I, I highly encourage using those. Um, trying to think where did you learn all this information just on your own, like self-taught? Yeah, a little bit. I would, I would say, so I was in the, I was in Theta Tau, the engineering fraternity on Miami's campus and they went through, did some professional development things. And that's what got me thinking about like, all right, so how does like, how do I look from a professional standpoint, resume, cover letter, LinkedIn, all that sort of things. And there were a couple of things that they said that were like absolutely wrong. So, Mm. um, I, I just, uh, it was kind of like once I, once I was like, all right, this should be a focus. Like I should start looking into that. Um, started to like search out those different resources that were online. I mean, they're everywhere, but yeah, I started to look at those and then kind of like merge all the different recommendations into one. And ultimately that's where I came to my, to my LinkedIn, my resume, my cover letter, everything. My cover letter, I still, I I'm not confident in it. I uh-huh. hate submitting it. Cause I'm like, people are so creative. Like I've seen people on like LinkedIn, dress up as DoorDash drivers and deliver their resume as like DoorDash Uber Eats order thing. And I'm like, who are you? And why are you so creative? Can you spare us some jobs? Um, I literally just, I'm here begging and I literally have no idea what to write. Uh, so let me make sure this website is still public. So actually you can, you can Google this right now. So uh, the young professional.biz. It's actually an online. So this is going to be a side, side hustle of mine for a little while. And I'm still like, mm-hmm. um, but basically I've got like tutorials, uh, because I knew that this was like, wait, when were you going to mention that? Well, I was, I was wondering when it was going to come up organically in the conversation. I, I figured it would, but what it is, is it goes through like the different different steps. Cause I knew that that was kind of like my a strength of mine. Right. I helped mm-hmm. out a lot of people at Miami within engineering and outside of engineering, crafting their resume, all that kind of stuff. So I just created like these short videos on like, there's one on the resume, one on the cover letter. And I go mm-hmm. through like all the tips and tricks that I've kind of come across over the years. Mm-hmm. And then also how I would recommend going about it in the future. The young professional.biz. You got it. I love that. And I'm so excited for you. That's so awesome. I completely agree. You're going to absolutely crush it with that. Yeah. If I get bored at work, I, I go through like dry spells where I'm like really mm-hmm. engaged at work. And then when I'm like, all right, screw work, I want to be really engaged with something else. So, like, this website was like, all right, I was like engaged with something else. But now I'm in the mindset where I'm like really engaged with work right now. So, this mm-hmm. is taking like the backseat currently. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I started the podcast. Cause it was like, you and I are both very creative thinkers and we like creating things. And I think especially like, that's something that you're probably missing from engineering is being able to create and do things. Like, at least that's what I was missing. Being able to create and do something and see something tangible is just there. It's indescribable. And it's just a feeling of absolute bliss when you get to see your end finished product. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm genuinely so excited for you. And I can't say I'm surprised that this is something that you're doing because <laughs> you're a perfect fit for this role. Like I'm literally interviewing about professionalism. Like that's how much you resonate to me with that. Thank you. Thank you. 
back to LinkedIn and people messaging you, how do you interact with, did you, I don't think that you use LinkedIn to get your job, did you? No. So I guess a little bit of recommendations there is get your first job. And then it's like domino effect from there. Like your first will lead to your second, second and third, all, all the way. This is my biggest recommendation is everybody comes in with their own network and whether they're good at like utilizing it or not, they know all these people from high school. If you come from college with all these different uh, people that you know and uh, their networks too. So, I mean, think about like for you, Sarah, and, and for myself at Miami, how many people were like one person away from like a huge title position at this extra company mm-hmm. or like or this extra company, this, this like huge company. And it's like a company that you want to work for someday. So don't be afraid to like reach out and be like, Hey, I'm really, really interested in having a conversation with your aunt, your father, your mother, what, whoever. And as long, as long as you uh, present it in a way, like, like I've done my research, I'd be a good candidate. Like these are, these are the questions I have about the company. Hopefully, it, I mean, it should work out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go into it with that mentality. And then if you don't have that personal connection, then you can hit LinkedIn. And my recommendation mm-hmm. is find something, some similarity between you and whoever you're reaching out to. So like you can go in and go go through like, uh, so go to your college homepage. So for us, it'd, for example, it'd be Miami. And then you can go to alumni and then search by the company. So if you're really interested at working at Tesla, you can search Tesla and see all the different alumni mm-hmm. that work at Tesla that went to Miami. So, I mean, right there, you've got a talking point. You can, you can have a, you know, a coffee with this person and talk about nothing but your college days. And they would love it because they've been mm-hmm. in the industry for however long. And then another recommendation I have there too, is if you're having trouble, like traction, reaching out to somebody and having them reply, like for say, let's say in like engineering, because engineers don't get on their LinkedIn's like at all, hit up somebody in sales because they're always on their LinkedIn's. So those are my two recommendations. That's actually such a good idea. I've never heard the sales thing, but that's so true. Honestly, Mm -hmm. when I was going through the process, I had no qualms messaging or cold messaging anyone on LinkedIn that I didn't know, that I had no connection with. The problem, and I don't know why I had such a mental block with this, was that I thought that asking for a connection was asking for a handout. And so I was always hesitant to ask people that I knew for connections. I just want to point out that nepotism exists. And it there's no reason to shy away from it. And there's no shame in connecting with somebody else. Like networking is hard. It is not easy. Not everyone can do it. And if you're willing to do it, it's not you asking for a handout. That's you showing that you're willing to go the extra mile to get this job that you really want. And I never viewed it that way. And now being an adult in industry for only a year, I've seen that. And I really realized how much I probably missed out on by not networking because I was too embarrassed or ashamed thinking that it was just a handout. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And think about, think about too, if somebody were to reach out to you on LinkedIn, Sarah, and be like, Hey, you know, I'm a junior at Miami and I'm really interested in plumbing. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's my life's passion. Super yeah. uh, Like, do you mind, do you mind having a, a chat about like what, you know, y- your company's doing, like how you like your job, that sort of a thing? Mm-hmm. Like a hundred percent, you're going to say yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, Cause I love to talk to people and I love helping people like, and I don't know why I didn't put myself in the other side of the position or other role. I love talking to people about stuff that I care about. And if they want to care about it, hell yeah. 
And that's, I think that's more like the, the case with a lot more people than I guess people who are applying to positions like think, right. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'd be a bother if I reached out mm-hmm. and like, yeah. Okay. Maybe to some people you are, but like, who cares? Like you, you don't know. Really and also if you're a bother, they just won't answer. Like they don't that's care. Correct. They just yeah. won't answer. And that's fine. The amount of cold emails that I sent out, I should probably look through my email list because it is embarrassing. I've probably sent, let's just do a nice, even I probably sent out like a thousand emails probably 800 left on red 200 mm-hmm. probably responded and then of those 200 actually like followed up with me to see if like that was actually something I wanted to do maybe 50. Oh Sarah I'm working in sales right now the amount of cold oh. emails I send out and I don't get any replies you have no idea mm-hmm. like no. 800, 800 some weeks a week <laughs> you know like yeah I totally mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so outside of LinkedIn though, like how do you maintain, because I'm sure that these people, like if you're messaging people from sales, like Google you, what comes up when you Google your name? It's actually a really good question. I saw it on there and I had no idea. And with my name, it probably is only stuff about me. So we got Cody McLean Brown. Honestly, nothing really comes up. Oh, McLean Brown, my, my LinkedIn is like the sixth thing that pops up. I just Googled you. It's some guy for all of your pictures. It's some guy in glasses. Looks like a chef. Apparently I'm not cool enough. So from that point of view, I think one of the questions that you had prepared was like, do I have a professional website? I think that was like a buzz for a little while, especially for like maybe CS majors, but I don't think it's needed whatsoever. I I like it just because when you type in my name, that's the first thing that comes up. Oh, okay. Instead of, because I own my domain name, like my name. So when you Google my name, it comes up. And for whatever reason, I like my website because like I made it really personable because I feel like LinkedIn's a little bit too serious. And so I feel like this is like my my personal, like my MySpace version of my LinkedIn. And I'll have to say, so different companies, it works differently. But my resume that I applied to Amazon with was... Uh, more so like a MySpace version of my resume because there's really? certain companies, yeah, that are really, really interested in hiring like the individual. So like the your experiences and everything, like that's great information. You need to have that there to back it up as well. But like I had an entire section that was like interests and hobbies in my resume. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say I spent more than half of my interview talking about that. Oh, same. I have three things listed at the bottom of my resume Mm -hmm. and it's like fun facts. And it was ran the Marine Corps marathon, created a CNC machine, volunteer for girls on the run. Mm -hmm. And when I was interviewing for the company I currently work for, I interviewed with the president of the company. We ran the Marine Corps marathon, the Marine Corps marathon on the same day. Oh, no shit. That's awesome. Insane. I completely agree. Having something that sets you apart because we were engineers, like all engineers had the same basic qualifications. Like we all took the same classes, essentially had the same internships, really all doing the same stuff. Why hire you? Because you're cool. You're fun. You're exciting. You like doing X, Y, and Z. And the only, the only caveat to that is if you're applying to like a very, very businessy, so like Deloitte and any of, any of those, what McKinsey. A big four. Yeah. I, I would mm-hmm. maybe shy away from that. But other than that, I'd 
just kind of like send it, especially if you know that your resume is going to be like read by somebody. If it's to that point in the interview process, it's going to be a human. Like, absolutely. I send mm-hmm. it with that. And then with resumes, like, are there buzzwords that there should be? Like, cause I've seen people be like, oh, I put in the margins, like the buzzwords from the job posting. And I just put them in white so that the computer catches them. And I'm like, does that work? I've actually never heard that before, but there are. So like when you apply to a company at first, it does run it through like different, like computer, like algorithms to be like, all right. And if they don't meet minimum qualification to the job posting, a lot of times they'll just like kick it out. So like for that first, if you're like doing like a cold application this is fine. This is all that my website talks about. This, uh, this is actually really funny. Um, but so if you're doing like a cold application and you don't know anybody at the company, um, yeah, absolutely go from the job description and then, um, kind of work backwards from that. And I don't know if in white in the margins that would work all the time because a lot of them might convert it over into like an image or like a PDF Mm. and then scan text. So it Mm. might not scan things that are like listed in white in the margin. So just be, be cautious of that. Yeah. I think I was going through a lot of Instagram reels when I was applying for jobs. I Mm -hmm. wouldn't say TikTok, but again, I think I'm way above TikTok and I think I'm so much better than everyone that has it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so just never use it. But anyways, so Instagram reels. And I saw that like as a tip from people. I was like, I can't possibly work. I'm not buying that. I don't know. I, I know for the, for a fact, like the for a, a cold application, they will look at like similarities. And to, to the point when I applied to AWS, it was, I applied to like a non-technical internship. So basically anybody who's not computer science, like computer engineering, whatever software, they like scanned my resume and placed it in the sales intern bucket. So then I was, that's, that's how I got into sales. That's so interesting. Yeah. Even mechanical engineering at Amazon, like think about how many different applications there are like the data warehouses, the Mm -hmm. distribution centers, like there's multiple uh, places where like they hire mechanical engineers, but no, from my resume, they placed me with the sales. I will say that a lot of my organizational experiences, so like, like I was secretary at that point in time for a couple different student orgs. And then I was president for one. There's a lot of like communication, uh, kind of a lot of those buzzwords, buzzwords. So like soft skills. And I think that's ultimately how I ended up in the sales trajectory for AWS. So how did you kind of take your experiences? Because I feel like that was also really hard for me taking an experience that I had. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, I know what I gained from this, but voicing it in a professional manner for it to come across as something valuable to somebody else. For this one, especially for engineers, but still other, other um, majors as well. And use as many numbers as you can in those like bullet points. Uh, star format, absolutely. Like, I guess I'll open this up. So like anybody can go look at my LinkedIn, Claney Brown, and just like, look at the, look at the structure. So the specific verbs that I use, but like those, those make a big difference. And I'm trying to think, let me, let me pull up. No, I know exactly what you're talking about because people are like, you need to put value to what you're saying and back it up with data. So like if you increased user usage on your platform by 80%, you should list that. But my question is like, how are we calculating all of these stats? Like where, where are these coming from? Am I supposed to ask my manager if I'm doing like, he's gonna be like, why are you asking me this? Oh my God. You need this information. You're literally feeding into like the videos that I posted. So this is awesome. Um, Basically, you don't keep track of that. And if, if you do, great, like list the numbers, everything. But most of the time, you're not. So like throw a guess. 
you nobody has any idea the people you're interviewing with you'd say you did a hundred million dollar sale at amazon web services they're like oh my god that's awesome it could be an absolute lie they have no idea which i wouldn't recommend lying by any stretch of the imagination but like throw a guess on there like if if there's like a place where you could have a number throw a guess on there and if you're really really concerned you're like ah like i'm struggling with that you know morally or whatever then I guess, go to your, your manager, somebody who you worked with. And you're like, do you think like, this is an accurate assessment? But at the end of the day, don't lie. Only put things on your resume that you'd like be comfortable speaking to, but put numbers on there, throw a guess. It doesn't matter. Cause I was revamping my resume recently and I, I have some places that I need to just put numbers, but for whatever reason, as soon as it's on print on my resume, I'm like, Holy, I can't do that. I that's sin. It's I can't, it's cardinal rule. I'm going to go straight to hell for putting that on my resume because I am not exactly sure. Like, I think that must just be the data driven part of my brain that's not allowing that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the crazy part of it, too. So so for everybody out there actually listening to this podcast, be able to talk about it. And yeah, you can embellish it a little bit. Right. Like you're trying to get hired at the end of the day. Right. So this 30 minute hour long call that you're having will mean nothing in, in three years when they're paying you. Right. So it, the thing is. I know what I can and cannot do. So I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I'm an A plus coder. I know how to code in C plus SQL Java when I cannot, because I will show up on the first day and I will look like boo boo the fool. No. And, and that's, that's, that's fair too. So my, my whole thing and what I say, like on the, the website, my videos is never, never put anything that you wouldn't be like uh, comfortable to speak to. Um, no, but that's no really good advice because that was something that I still struggle with today on how to put numbers and statistics to things that you've accomplished and achieved because you're so right. People do want to see the data. They do want to see numbers and you're right. They don't care. They just need to exist because they're ultimately, they're just, they're not going to remember the statistic. They're going to look at it and be like, oh, this person like contributed a good amount of work doing X, Y, or Z. And that's indicative by this value, even Mm -hmm. though it may be something that you guesstimated an upward trend is an upward trend and seeing a number that represents that only voices what your words are actually saying that takes care of like the resume section trying to be unique but with the cover letter the cover letter is a whole nother beast and Mm -hmm. i again i've seen some crazy creative cover letters whereas my cover letter i'm like okay so um one time i really i like engineering and i (laughs) please hire me yeah. It's like, okay, girl, figure it out. I think I'm very well spoken and not very well written. And it kind of stinks for me in that sense because it's hard for me to get the interview. But once I get the interview, it's like perfect, bang, bang, bang. Like, why was that so hard everywhere else? But yeah, so like, what's your recommendation with the cover letter business? Cover letter is like a gray area, I feel like, for a lot of people. You can take it in like a lot of different routes. I, the the way that mine is currently structured is I go through, it's basically like the first little like paragraph, probably like four or five sentences is like a synopsis of my resume and kind of like my interpretation of it. That's where it's more so I learned X, Y, and Z from this experience. 
I learned X, Y, and Z from this experience, blah, 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 this experience. And then I kind of close it out. And I'd like to bring those to this company in this way. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I, that this is where you can kind of stand out and be a little bit more personal. So you can speak to the company, maybe on a personal note. It's like, yeah, I first heard about you doing this here, there, whatever. And I always throw in, I, I mean, I don't even know if they look at cover letters, if I'm being a hundred percent honest. Um, so use your, but I use all my buzzwords in the first paragraph, but I always throw in, like, I've been a shareholder since however long, just like show, like, I don't know, I've got a little bit of background with the company. And like, I, like I said, usually when I, when I say that I've been a shareholder before, when I like write that down, I might not be a current shareholder so that there, there's a little gray area there, but yeah. And then, then I just talk about like how, how I viewed the company and how it, how it's been awesome and why I want to apply. I really like what you just said there um, about having this shareholder stake. Mm. I really like that. I've never heard that before. Cause I mean, obviously if you're a shareholder, you've been following the company and you've Mm. done your diligence on the company and you know about the company. And so that's ultimately like the biggest flex because it's like, yeah, I've done my research and I'm so confident in this company. I've put my own money into it and I don't Mm. even work for you yet. But also, like, it's not like you being up their ass about, like, oh, I love that you do this, this, and this. <laughs> do companies really want to read that? Do they really want to read their mission station, their mission statement back to them? Back to them, yeah. Like, is that what they want? No, that's not. Mm-hmm. I like this. I like the shareholder thing, though. That's it is, yeah. It's genius. my my little unique kind of play with it. Ah, how do you come up with these things? I well, I think probably the first uh, cover letter I wrote, I was a shareholder, and that mm-hmm. was like one of the things I wanted to get across. And when I like went to write my next one, I used my first one as a model. Mm-hmm. I was like, delete, delete, delete. Like I'm not, and I was like, wait, I kind of like that. And so I, like, love that. I, I like kept it there. And I think for that one, I actually like purchased the company if I didn't hold it at that time because I was like, I you know, like I gotta I gotta be truthful here, honest, whatever. But that sense has died down a little bit. <laughs> Wait, I like that a lot. Even if you invest in like a quarter of a share or whatever, yeah, that's still when you're t- talking about the experiences that you've gained from each of essentially the po- bullet points on your resume. How do you make the bullet points and what you're saying in paragraph form differ? Because I feel like they don't want to just hear an echo of what your resume is. They just read your resume. So, um, yeah, w- when I'm like referencing the different companies. I more so reference uh, the soft skills or like the overarching kind of ideals that I that I gained. So like when I was working for Cooper Tire, I was actually coding at, in MATLAB. Did I just give you a heart attack there, Sarah? With that Honestly, <laughs> I I remember you coming back from that internship and being like, oh, the MATLAB whiz. And I was like, just print line. <laughs> yeah. Like, um. But, but so like from that experience, I I'd be like, I, I learned actual hands-on coding skills for, you know, whatever the application. After you have submitted your resume, you've submitted your cover letter and you're doing like these cold emails on LinkedIn or wherever you may be doing them. Like, do you recommend applying to the job first and then being like, Hey, so-and-so I just applied to this job, like would love to hear about the application process. Or do you recommend messaging the person first and then being like, Hey, so-and-so did you just fart? No, I cleared my throat. <laughs> <laughs> because I do that when I'm on work meetings and I'm like, <laughs> anyways, 
hey, so-and-so, like, <laughs> could you help me with getting my resume passed along to the right person? Like, do you do the before or the after message? Definitely the latter. Definitely the latter. Um, I know at Amazon in particular, I don't know how other companies work this, but at Amazon in particular, I actually applied to the position for you and mm-hmm. I submit your resume on your behalf. Oh, that's the way it works. And if you apply to the position first, like I can't refer you. So I I will agree that the former does show that like you've done a little bit more research. You've already identified a role. But if you're going to be reaching out being like, hey, I already applied to this position, just be like, hey, I'm really interested in this position. But I wouldn't even reach out with like a position in mind because then it gives you like, obviously you want something out of it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I would if you're like reaching out to people, I would go for kind of the verbiage like, hey, I'm really curious what company X, Y, and Z does. And I'd love to know like how your role plays into that. Yeah. Cause mind? that's, that's like the number one thing it's, I, it's going to come to me later, but it's like essentially saying, if you ask for advice, then they're going to give, they're more likely to give you an offer for something. Yeah. Whereas if you ask for a handout, then they're going to be like, here's some advice. You know what I mean? So like you never go in asking for anything from a stranger besides for advice. Yeah. And the other thing with like applying that I'll give a big recommendation for is submit to all the materials that it like gives you the ability to submit. So cover letter, resume, and a big one that you can also submit is your curriculum. And I always pronounce this incorrectly. It's like curriculum via viata, some like Latin phrase or whatever. But anyways, it's supposed to be like a comprehensive like view of yourself from a professional standpoint. So like literally all of your experiences. So not fit onto one page. It doesn't have to be formatted like hundred percent crazy, just like everything you've ever done. And especially for the companies that do that scan, that initial scan, if they scan that document, it gives you a whole lot more words to use. What is that? Uh, I always have called it the curriculum via viate, but I think it's like viate, but a lot of uh, application application platforms will give you like the ability to submit one cv are you CV. It's not cv it's curriculum yeah, CV. yeah that's what that is so i can submit that and it can be 10 pages long if you want it to be so if you're applying to a position and they say resume or the cv, CV use your cv because it should be identical to your resume plus like different experiences hmm. and then you have that many more words to use when you're applying that's genius. Wow. I never knew that. The more you know, this is why you talk to McLean Brown, the, the founder you know. of the Young Professional Dub is. That's right. <laughs> okay. That's right. So now that we've covered kind of how to get the job or how to network and what do you, how do you act when you get in person? So I know for me, and I know it's something that we touched on in the beginning here, but For me, it was kind of difficult when I first showed up to kind of draw a boundary or kind of a line in the sand with what's going on at the company and like how personal relationships were supposed to go. Because it was like, your boss isn't your professor. Like, it's not the same level of like respect immediately. Like, not that you don't respect your manager, but it's like your manager and you can be friends but you can also be coworkers. Like what's the dynamic? There's just so many different dynamics. Yeah. And honestly, there's no good like blanket advice there. You just kind of have to feel it out. Right. So Mm -hmm. like different managers will work differently. Different coworkers will act differently. 
So like how you present yourself as far as like professionally, if you um, want to be friends with everybody, that's kind of something you have to decide on your own and kind of on a, on a person by person basis. At least that's my take from it. That kind of yeah. for me. <laughs> well, I came in here ripping and roaring and I'm like, all right, who's ready to be my best friend, ready or not. It's happening whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. So I took that approach and it went in both directions. It failed catastrophically, but also succeeded immensely. And I mean, I think it succeeded with all the people that I wanted it to succeed with. So, and I will say for, for people who like are like willing to have that camaraderie in the workplace where like you can ping each other and just be like, are you kidding me? Like, do you see, you know, whatever happened or did you, did you hear what so-and-so said? Like, Mm -hmm. if you're looking for that, somebody needs to make like the first move, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's not just you. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, somebody has got to do it though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's normally, it starts with like a look, like a, like a, yeah. So I, I would, I would suggest, I think you're absolutely right. You, you start off, you start off subtle and then somebody will do something. Then you just like look around the room for whoever else is looking around the room. Then you're like, yeah, you like you and I are on the same page. Like we need to chat after this. Yeah, that's very true. But especially if you're working virtually though, like that can be hard. So maybe if you're working virtually, you do have to be a little bit more boisterous about things. Just be like, yeah. Like, what's up, Chad? What's up? <laughs> what a, yeah. What's up, Chad? Yeah. Some shit like that. But Were you virtual ever? I'm virtual currently really yeah i was i was in person technically and you could work virtually that was when i was in seattle and when i moved to austin i became a virtual employee wow yeah so i still go into the office at least like once a week down in Mm -hmm. austin Mm -hmm. um but like this being virtual gives me the ability to like come up to ohio and like for like a long holiday weekend yeah that's so nice it's nice otherwise that was potentially going to be like taken away from me so I feel like I kind of got the best of both worlds. Like I can go into the office, mm-hmm. meet those people, and then I can be virtual. Peace out. Bye. Yeah. Did you have to negotiate that or was that just given? Um, so I was one of the last people that they let do that. Okay. I got there just in time. Okay. Well, like there was a department that you submitted an application through. Uh, so I did that, got it approved. And then literally like a week later, they were like, we're not, we're going to like, slow down the acceptance of these applications and I was like like that's good because I had just signed for my place in Austin I was like thank god <laughs> oh my god yeah that would have been crazy if they mm-hmm. were like mm, no McLean Brown x on that <laughs> not today but yeah so like going back to workplace etiquette and trying to make friends like what are the do's and don'ts because I feel like when I showed up I had no idea of the structure of anything. I first didn't know where to park, didn't know when the lunch break was, didn't really know what time I was leaving because I started at eight. One would think eight to four. Nope, I get off at five. Like no one blatantly came out and just said the rules of the road. So for that sort of stuff, I I think it's like a slow process. I mean, I think you did it the exact way that other people do it. And I really Mm -hmm. don't think that there are any shortcuts around it other than just like asking people just be like hey do you guys not do you guys usually work like nine hours a day or like what what is that 45 hours a week just like ask them point blank and be like they'll be they'll they'll be up front with you they'll be like yeah that's typically the, like the process or like yeah that's what so-and-so does so like that's what i do mm-hmm. uh, i think just like be willing to ask otherwise like follow the leader <laughs> yeah honestly that's what i do all the time i'm like 
oh, my boss is out of office. Mm, I'm going to be out of office. Yeah. And once you work out like those relationships too, once you kind of like feel that out, then you can be like, all right, like I don't need to go in today. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like with my manager, I, I just recently found out because we can like work overtime and we get paid time and a half. And I sent so one of my friends from Seattle visited down in uh, Austin and I was like, all right. So question, how many overtime hours do you clock a week? And they were like, Oh, like I clock like 10 hours overtime. And I was like, well, shit, I've been sitting over here only clocking five, like, or it was what four and a half. I was like, I'm going to start clocking like the time that I actually work. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. So the, the position I was hired on to, it's all, it's technically like an hourly wage or like job or whatever, which I'm totally fine with because all I can clock overtime hours. How often do you travel for work? So I'm not supposed to travel all that much, um, mm-hmm. but I've been to Seattle in the past like two months, twice. And then I'm, wow. I'm going back. I know already in September, I just actually, this is kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> we, we have this idea. It's kind of like a shark tape shark tank thing where you present ideas to upper upper level leadership. So we presented and there's was one winner from this. There were like 30 groups that presented my team was chosen so they're flying me out to Seattle and I'm presenting to Adam Solipsky, the CEO of AWS. They're so really, what happens if they use your Shark Tank idea? A couple of years ago, um, somebody from my team got funding like $3 million and they were like, all right, go start this, like go. Wow. So it's who like, developed it with you? So actually this is, this is a hundred percent my idea and I was going to present it and I like told my manager, I was like, Hey, I think this is a good idea, but I'm not ready to present it for like this event. Cause we, we were given like two weeks notice. Wow. I was like, I need to reach out to like these different people. And she's like, well, I've got these, these people on our team that wanted to like participate. That's yeah. so exciting. Whoa. There's so many cool things going on for you. I'm very jealous. I, I mean, it's just, yet. this just happened actually like two days ago. Wow. So I'm one of the first to know. So when you go to like events like this, how do you travel first of all like do you have to wear aws stuff like when i think of people traveling for work i think of them like in suits but then i also think of people that like travel for sports and their sports teams make them wear their all their like travel gear Uh uh-huh like do you have travel gear so um aw so i've worked for i I worked for marathon and i traveled a lot Mm -hmm. and their thing was don't wear any company logos because like sometimes they would have people travel to the Middle East and that like puts a target on your back. Like that's an American with oil money, like mm-hmm. get him, you know, like pe- people care about him, like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So it puts a target on your back. And like, even apparently domestically, like maybe they'd steal that bag if it had a marathon logo with your company laptop or whatever. Um, AWS hasn't really said anything about traveling. Whereas like mm-hmm. marathon, they sat us down because the job was mostly travel. They were like, this is mm-hmm. how you travel. Don't do X, Y, and Z. Um, with Amazon, they haven't really said anything. Um, and I've traveled with a company logo before, but most of the time, like AWS likes to like still keep startup vibes going. So even, even if I were to go into the office, most people are wearing like a t-shirt and like Lulu's or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it's really casual jeans. Yeah, whatever. That's what people wear in the office? 100%, yeah. I can't bring myself to do that, though. What do you wear? I usually wear, uh, like, button-down shirt and, like, nice pair of slacks, khakis, something. You want to know what I wear? What? 
Vans, jeans, and a hoodie. Vans? You wear Vans? I wear Vans. They're, like, cute, though. They're, like, multicolor. Wait, do people dress up in the office? No. I work in plumbing. Okay. Hey, I don't don't fucking know. I worked in... I worked at at Marathon, and people fucking dressed up. Like, you, you... there were people who wore ties. Yeah, no. I mean, our That's sales cute. guys do because they like, I don't know. But like, I just sit in front of my computer all day. I don't talk to anybody. Um, like, I'll wear a company shirt when I go out and like do installs for our customers. But other than that, like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like my boss wears the Lulu pants with Allbirds and a golf polo every day. No, but I think that's also kind of an art is like figuring out what to wear. Cause in high school, I literally like, I wouldn't wear the stuff that I wear to work. Like I wore skirts and dresses and I dressed up in your vines, Patagonia, Southern Times every day. And I would never in a million years wear Vans jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. That's what I wear to my professional job every day. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm similar. I can't bring like I've got, I've got all these like work clothes because like the internships that I've had, mm-hmm. and so like I'm like I look at my closet and I'm like I have to like wear that because it's there. Mm-hmm. It. Might as well. Like I, I think it comes off good, well, right? I I don't know. The only worry that I have is I don't want I don't want to like walk in and people like roll their eyes like oh this guy again. You know, everybody's <laughs> wearing a t-shirt and whatever. And then I come in with a college shirt, but I don't think it's like that at all. It's, it's a little bit more for myself. Like, cause w- once I do wear that too, I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck. Yeah. Like I yeah, look it's time good. To get you done. Too good mm-hmm. Like, hell yeah. Like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. That when, was I'm like working, my motto when I'm working and- virtually though, I usually wear just like a t-shirt mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm also cool. working mostly with startup customers too. So there's, there's like that and they don't give two shits. No, they don't give two shits coming from someone who works at a startup and wears a hoodie and jeans to work every day yeah no um no that was like a big thing for me like my dad never let me wear like sweatpants or leggings to school and it was always the mentality of dress well test well I mean if you dress well you're gonna just succeed because you're already in that mindset maybe that's what I maybe that's what's holding me back at work maybe that's what I need to do let's just start wearing slacks to work with flats and chunky sweaters or that workplace uh workplace relationships um well sarah maybe you should be the one speaking on this actually but um no that was one of the reasons why i left uh seattle not not because like it got that bad but all of my my friends like my group of friends were work friends Mm -hmm. which they were totally awesome and everything like that like nothing against them but like I was just under the mental, like, I need to just branch out a little bit more. Right. I, um, I was, I was kind of like talking with this, with this chick at work and we went to, this is like Halloween time. So like, I kind of like just got to Seattle, um, but it was Halloween time and we went to, it wasn't like a corporate Halloween party. Somebody, somebody from work was like, I'm going to invite everybody from like, we were all the same age. We're all like 23, just graduated. That's so They're nice. Like, it was, it was, it was, but they're like, we're going to buy everybody from work and have just like this huge Halloween banger in my apartment. Like it was crowded as hell. And we we're like, Oh hell yeah. Um, so we all went anyways, allegedly 
I was in the middle of the room making out with this girl from work whom I, whom I worked with. And I didn't find out about it until, cause I didn't quite remember for whatever reason. Uh, for whatever say. reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I didn't remember it. And I found out about it two weeks later from somebody else from work. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, See, did like you send her a cookie stuff. cake that said sorry for making out with you like I did to you <laughs> freshman year of college? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't. Maybe I should have taken that advice. Nope. Um, but yeah, that that's where I was like in that situation. Yeah, I need to like branch out here, like meet new mm-hmm. people. That's why going to Austin too. It, Austin was like a, a several different fold decision, right? There were a lot of different reasons for it. Um, but that was like one of them. I was like, It'll get me to branch out, you know, new Mm -hmm. people, new city. I kind of came into Boston knowing that my work colleagues were not going to be my best friends because how could it be that I go to a company that's in plumbing that I have much in common with these people? very low likelihood of that and so I came in came in with the mentality of like that's not going to happen and so I had low expectations and honestly my expectations were well exceeded like I love my coworkers. Mm-hmm. like we're we call each other the cube rats um there's what four or five of us now yeah. and we're all like in our low to mid-20s and it's just, it's fun. Like this is all of our first like few years of professional being young professionals, if you will. Um, and just like all figuring it out together and like just popping into their cube and be like, Hey, what are you doing for like our, our annual review? Like your one year review. Like, what are you doing for that? It was funny. Uh, one of my, so one of the people I met down in Austin, she does sales for public sector and she has friends who do, who like I worked with. I was like, oh my God, like we know the exact same people from Seattle. And she was going into it and she was like, oh my gosh, you're a Seattle person. She's like, yeah, I heard that all you guys do is just like hook up with each other and like drink on the weekends. And I was like, oh my God, that's the perception of like that cohort. I was like, that's. That's so funny because it's so great. true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I mean, we had graduated. There were literally 60 people. Imagine Sarah being hired on with 60 people who are exactly your age and who are salespeople. So like super outgoing, like extroverts, like let's go. It was nuts. Honestly, you only made out with one. I wish I had that sort of reservation because I probably would have made out with 50 of the 60. (laughs) Well, I mean, half of them are girls, but I don't. Exactly. My statement still stands. (laughs) Like I do not change what I said. (laughs) The only workplace relationships that I've had have been through my side job. Um, I work at a bar. I've had two relationships from that, but anyways, so I've had two workplace relationships. One of them was like very casual. Neither one of us cared very much about each other. And then the other one was really very into each other. The whole place knew that we were talking and Mm -hmm. then, we just like stopped and it was, now it's just really awkward to work. see. And so that's what I couldn't do that. That's where I was with um, AWS and like this, this one chick. So that's why I was like, I can't be doing that kind of shit at like 
professional job like at a bar like you just fuck exactly Um, exactly yeah i was like who cares but like at my job i was like i can't have that and like for for god's sakes if like anything were to be brought into hr for whatever like it it shouldn't but like if anything were to be brought into hr like that's just like not a mess i want to handle so do the same like even coming as a guy I think I think vasectomies should be more so commonplace. I think you should get a vasectomy once you become like sexually active and you don't want kids because apparently they're like really easily like reversed. Reversible. Yeah, like I think like, every maybe you should just get it when you're when you're fucking born so you don't have to deal with it. You only have to deal with it like whatever. But, Getting the reversal. Yeah, like honestly, if if you just like knock me out and I didn't have to deal with like the recovery period which i think is interesting i don't even want to think about but if i didn't have to deal with the recovery period i would 100 i had had a vasectomy today um have you ever looked at the iud procedure is that way easier they like they like go inside your vagina yeah and they like pierce what i don't i'm so bad at anatomy and it's pathetic because it's my own body (laughs) (laughs) um they like pierce whatever the ovary okay closed pierce it yeah no numbing no nothing no sedation see that's just say hey this is gonna be a little tight pinch it's gonna be really (laughs) painful okay maybe fucking sedate me then that's what like if i didn't feel it and there were and like okay maybe it was a little sore or whatever like i'd get a vasectomy today because i think that would just like solve honestly a lot of the world is world's issues i think everybody should get a vasectomy i completely agree let's get on that train so professionalism professionalism only thing that i have is like don't be don't be shy about the whole interview process uh networking your linkedin i think a lot of people have the perception they kind of like link somebody brings up linkedin or networking you kind of roll your eyes but at the end of the day it does get results so Mm -hmm. give it give it its due merit you know, and yeah, don't, don't be afraid to reach out to people. Cause in general, it's like a, you know, human nature thing. They, they want to help out. So don't be afraid to extend that hand and ask for help. If you're interested in a little bit more, I guess I'll plug my website, the young professional.biz. Ooh, yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate all of your insight and your knowledge. You're so wise on this subject. And I'm so proud of you for doing a new venture. That's so exciting. I can't wait to follow that journey. And I will be on it frequently because I need as much professional help as anybody else. But yeah, I'm so thankful that you were able to come on and talk to me about this. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate the invite.